Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 12.35 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now, Brendan back at the 630 Chad Studios. We're socially distancing. I'm at the uh, humble Stoffer abode. And, uh, yes, indeed, we will tell you that Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had, Edmonton owned and operated open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that the staff at uh, and all the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. All right, without further ado, we are pleased to be joined on the line by John Shannon. He is our NHL insider and our Oilers now headliner for touchback safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at the touchbacksafety.com. John, how you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Uh, we got Joe Haggerty coming up a little bit later on out of Boston today, and he penned a piece last uh, week uh, complimenting the work uh, that Gary Bettman has done as commissioner of the league in comparison and uh, contrasting that with uh, some of the challenges that have occurred with Major League Baseball, uh, NBA basketball, uh, the fact that there was a delay in the decision of the hub cities. Um, we still have the miles to go before we sleep here, uh, but where are we at right now? Uh, what are you hearing in terms of, uh, you know, the ongoing sort of discussions on Phase 3, Phase 4, uh, CBA extension, and MOU? Well, as we know, the, uh, um, uh, the, the Phase 3 and Phase 4 document has been distributed to the players uh, and distributed to certainly the agents have it and the clubs. Uh, and they they now understand the rules and regs that will apply once camp actually 48 hours before camp opens on the 13th, uh, and then uh, the phase four when the games uh, begin in Toronto and in Edmonton. Uh, it's a really I tell you what, Bob, it is a tremendously comprehensive document. Both of them, one's 40 pages for phase three and 47 pages for phase four. Uh, it deals with uh, life inside the bubble, outside the bubble, and even deals with the people that will be crossing through the bubble, like hotel workers, Zamboni drivers, uh, part-time workers at the arena, and how they will be included in a lot of the testing. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an impressive, uh, uh, thorough document that I think uh, that if you're a player, 
I think uh, you uh, you approach the games knowing that uh, the Players Association and the league and the, uh, the medical advisors they have could not have done anything more. All right, so that's phase three and phase four. An MOU on the CBA, maybe explain that to our listeners. Okay. Memorandum of Understanding. Basically, it's the agreement that we have an agreement. Uh, and then they let the lawyers uh, go at it for the next little while to uh, detail all of the minutiae in, in the agreement, which uh, sometimes takes months to get signed. Uh, but uh, what will happen is the memorandum of agreement um, uh, memorandum of understanding, rather, will be uh, something that will go to the board of governors of the NHL and go to the Players Association, the executive committee, and then, I assume, onto the full uh, uh, class of, of players within the NHL to vote on uh, before we actually do resume uh the camps and the work so that's that's got to happen probably in the next four to five days bob okay are they going to wait until uh everything's signed off before they make an official announcement on the hub cities or are they going to go ahead and say look we've got phase three and phase four signed off and uh we have our memorandum of understanding signed off by the executive board and away we go my assumption, Bob, is, is that is one is, once the memorandum of understanding, the MOU, is released and signed, uh, that's when the announcements of Edmonton and Toronto will actually officially occur. Uh, it's uh, it, not not that it's a badly kept secret, but it's a badly kept secret. Right. Um... By the way, can I can I just say one thing? It's funny. Uh, a week ago, we were talking, and it, you know, we were starting to hear rumblings that Vegas was in trouble. Uh, and uh, this was five days after Vancouver had opted out. Um, about 3 o'clock Eastern Time, 1 o'clock Mountain Time, uh, last Monday was a Board of Governors conference call. Uh, and on that call, um, Daryl Cates was actually on the call. And, and, and Daryl doesn't normally get involved in these situations. He lets uh, Bob Nicholson or Kevin Lowe at some point or other or Tom Anselmi and get involved in the in the in the BOG stuff. But Daryl was on the call last Monday, uh, and Daryl made a, a plea for Edmonton based on what was going on in Las Vegas and what was going on in Edmonton and the cooperation that the Oilers and he had from the provincial government. And in many ways, that was a turning point uh, for the decision to opt out of Vegas because Vegas had already been told in so many ways on the Saturday before that they had it. Uh, and then with, and they needed board approval. They did not get a board approval because Edmonton and Daryl Cates had done such a good job at the meeting. Um, in terms of... Uh so how, in that conversation, do you know, is there a discussion with, you know, the medical official that the league has? What what occurs in, in, in that scenario? What exactly, what, do you know exactly what got said? Uh, I don't know exactly what got said, but, but what I can tell you is the information that was relayed uh, via Daryl and the information that the NHL had done in its, in its due diligence of Edmonton and the cooperation that they had from the provincial government and the city uh, and, and how the monitoring was going in the province of Alberta and the medical experts they have in Edmonton as well as the medical experts that the league has hired for this very reason and, 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 and the group that actually authored most of the rules and regulations about phase three and four uh, the league the league knew exactly what they were getting into when they went to Edmonton and the amount of information they were talking on a daily basis for the week 
up to uh, the Board of Governors meeting, and that was a big part. That was a really big part of, of convincing the rest of the board that it was safer to go to Edmonton than to stay in Vegas. Yeah, well, I mean, the numbers were sort of speaking for themselves at that point. So, uh, you know, for yeah, but first... not everybody reads your Twitter account, Bob. You know, I mean, you were good at you were good at making sure we all saw the Twitter account, but I'm not sure that Jeremy Jacobs or the guy, you know, or Terry Pagula or James Dolan uh, were following your Twitter account. I, I don't think numbers. I don't think any of them are on my Twitter <laughs> account. Uh, I, I do, however, have uh, something that allows me to know if there's a phone number that's connected to a Twitter account that uh, follows me on Twitter. I know who that is, but uh, and I don't have those guys on the list. Uh, no, it's it, you know, it's it's an interesting point. Um, and now, is it is it your belief that Daryl has spoken up at a lot of these uh, Board of Governors meetings over the years? No. Hmm. It's my belief that he, as I said, he doesn't really enjoy them, so he doesn't go to them. You made a point of recognizing the contribution of the province. Oh, I think that that's, I think that's true. And when you can, yeah, I, I think it's really important that the health minister gets, she gets some credit for what she did. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at, uh, when you look at uh, the exercise the league went through the week before with the province of British Columbia and Dr. Henry and, and how Dr. Henry wanted to inject herself into the system, uh, and, and I'm not making a decision rightly or wrongly. I mean, it's worked very well for British Columbia, and people in B.C. are very happy with, with, the, with their, their COVID numbers, as people in Alberta are. Uh, but it, uh, they, had a, they had a different stake in it uh, in discussing it with Vancouver, and, uh, and, and the Alberta government and the city did a very good job of, of uh, positioning themselves to make it much more attractive for the NHL to come to Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, you know, John, the, the irony is, despite the work of uh, the province and the provincial uh, health people, uh, the chief medical officers, and despite the concerted efforts that maybe have occurred with uh, Daryl Cates speaking at the Board of Governors meetings, and just as we know that Craig McTavish worked behind the scenes tirelessly to assist Kevin Lowe in his uh, Hall of Fame um uh, bid. We also know that there were some other people uh, that maybe would have reached out to Matthew Schneider, who's on the NHL uh, PA executive as well, who's a, a central player in that role. So it, it was definitely a collaborative approach. All that being said, John, would it surprise you if I told you that there were people here that don't think that the event should be coming here? That there's a, there no. is a percentage of the fan base that uh, don't actually want to see. They don't see it as a benefit that Edmonton appears as though it's going to be a hub city. And, that, and that, you know what? And that's fine. You know, I I think we have to be very, you know, we, we, you know, you and I live in uh, we play in a sandbox most of the time, Bob. You know, we play in, we we're in the world of sports and 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 we play games and we're around games, and and really ninety nine point nine percent of the time the things we talk about aren't life and death. Well, you know, I think we have to be respectful of everybody's position when it comes to personal health uh, and, and, and health, of, health of your community uh, overall. Uh, and, uh, again, if, uh, you know, the city and the province uh, were involved and thought it was beneficial to the province uh, and, and maybe even a morale boost for the province uh, to be involved uh, as a hub city. But I have no problem being 100% understanding and respectful of somebody saying, listen, we're not out of the woodwork yet, and, uh, and, and the challenges that uh, the hub will create 
will become issues for possible spread and a, a spike in the pandemic. And I, I'm not going to argue with that. I, I, you know, where we all have, in this situation, I think, Bob, it's our job just to put out the facts and let people make their own decisions. Is there concern for the National Hockey League that we won't even make it to the hub cities? Well, I think there's probably concern every day. And I know there's been concern in the last three months that that we may not have even got to yesterday with the announcement of phase three and phase four. Uh, these are these are a uh, times that no one alive in the National Hockey League has been through before, and and b uh, the times that when again when we cross into that that world of uh, beyond the playing the game. Uh, that is 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 so n- new, so novel to everybody involved. It's uh, you have to be very cautious in your approach. Yeah, no question about that. Well, it's going to be intriguing to see, uh, John, where we're at. On so, let's make a little wager here. Do you think we'll have an announcement by Wednesday, making it official? It's difficult to say. I thought we were, I mean, I knew last week when we talked that we weren't going to have an announcement simply because they just weren't ready. Uh, I, uh, you, know, you never know when lawyers get involved how much more detailed things occur. And, and I'm, you know, we're still not sure are we are all the nuts and bolts of the new CBA, are they, have they been agreed on so that there is a memorandum, or are we still hammering out a few other issues uh, beyond the three or four that we know about? Uh, one more for you here. Just Rebuild 4.0 uh, reached out to a tweet that you pushed out. He wants to know whether or not, is there any way the American teams can have their training camps in Canada, like in Edmonton? Uh, I, 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 I guess there'd be no reason why they wouldn't or couldn't. Um, but at this point, they're, you know, I mean, most of the players uh, are in their uh, are in their homes already, uh, ready to go. The interesting, th- I, the one thing I found interesting, Bob, and the NHL released their numbers today. Uh, when you consider there are, there are approximately 800 players in the NHL, and of the 24 teams, they're going to be dressing, you know, they're going to have 31 players available um, uh, come uh, come phase four. So when you do the math on uh, 31 players times times 24 you get the magic number of 744 um only 356 players have skated and gone through testing in the training facilities so far so there are still there's still uh, you know more than half the players uh, that are, have been at their cottages uh, at their lakefront homes somewhere around the world that need to come back need to quarantine if you're coming from a certain spots and then still need to get tested so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that level of testing all right well great stuff and thanks for the heads up on the stuff involving edmonton Oilers owner daryl cates john with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. My pleasure, Bob. All the best. Yep, 12.48 in Edmonton. We'll uh, take a four-minute uh, timeout here. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chat. 12.51 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. You can text us at any time on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. We will go to the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Of course, uh, we're a week away from training camp. Here are my 18 forwards that I have uh, that will be, that I envision uh, will be at uh, training camp for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Connor McDavid with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Cassian, Leon Dreisidel. Centering Tyler Ennis and Connor Yamamoto. Riley Sheehan with Joe Kim Nygaard and Josh Archibald. Jujar Kara with James Neal and Alex Chason. Gaetan Haas with Andreas Athanasiu, Patrick Russell, uh, Tyler Benson, Cooper Marodi, and Ryan McLeod. So those are 18 forwards that I got on the list. Nygaard, of course, uh, had suffered the, the hand-slash-wrist uh, uh, issue, or got surgery, but I think he has a strong possibility, if and when uh, we get back up and playing, to be in the top 12. And Athens U, I think, is going to have to push his way in at this stage. Uh, Sheehan, Nygaard, and Archibald did a very good job together when they played, and so I've got him playing ahead of Andreas Athanasiu right now. Brendan, your thoughts on, uh, and again, that's the injury report brought to you by James H. Brown. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Uh, your thoughts on sort of the, the situation involving the team um, with the, the forward list. Am I missing anybody from your perspective? We're pretty quick rattling through all that. I got, I think, 15 of them written down. Go, go check Twitter right now. It just went out. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I've said before, this is the this is the deepest that the team is, has been, uh, certainly in my time following it this closely, both up front and on the back end. So, you know, it's going to be a matter of just kind of fine-tuning and tinkering those line combinations, which we saw a little bit of, uh, you know, but it would have been nice to see the team have more of a chance to find the, the chemistry for a guy like an Athanasiu without having those games cho- uh, chopped short. So, you know, that might put added emphasis on how people are going to perform in training camp with respect to how they're going to gel. I mean, we know that there is some natural chemistry to be found in that lineup, but maybe there's some stuff that we haven't quite discovered yet as well. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, and I'm wondering whether or not anybody that's sort of not did not finish before we had the pause in the NHL down on the American Hockey League. Maybe one of those guys might work their way into the mix, depending upon conditioning. Uh, and Nygaard and Athanasio, to me, is going to be one of the question marks. So, uh, again, I, I I know that there was a little bit of analytics support to suggest that Ennis could be successful with Drysaddle and Yamamoto, and that might create greater balance, having Drysaddle and Yamamoto uh, together, and then McDavid and Aaron each together, especially against the Chicago team where Jonathan Taze can't play 
against both McDavid and against Drysaddle. Sheehan, Archibald, I think Nygaard plays ahead of Athanasiu to start, and then the Oilers had a heavy line of Kara, Neal, and Chason, Haas with Athanasiu, and Patrick Russell, and I could see Haas and Athanasiu getting games for sure. Russell is a guy that coaches like, and then we got the three guys up from the A, Marodi, Benson, and McLeod. Defensively, I've got Clefbaum and Larson, Nurse and Bear, Chris uh, Russell, and Matthew Benning. And then Jones with Green, Lagason and Bouchard. We know that Broberg is coming. I already mentioned the five goaltenders, Koskinen, Smith, Skinner, Wells, and Rodrigue. Brennan, I think that it's going to be hard-pressed for Evan Bouchard to work his way into the mix, but again, greater depth on defense as well. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I don't necessarily think you want to throw him right to the wolves like that. And considering you don't have to anymore with the with the development of, you know, a Caleb Jones and an Ethan Bear and, and the depth that I alluded to before, you can get him the exposure from the press box to the speed of the game, let him see how things work, and then throw him into action that isn't necessarily as high stakes or peculiar as this would be. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting uh, because Adam Boquist is expected to play for the Chicago Blackhawks, and uh, the Oilers got Bouchard two picks later, and they both played together last season with the London Knights in the OHL. It's going to be really interesting to you know, again when you're we know who the Oilers' top four is going to be. It's going to be Clefbaum and Larson and Nurse and Bear. So the question is going to be uh, Chris Russell, Caleb Jones on the left side, Matt Benning and Mike Green on the right side, and I, I would have to assert that from a coaching perspective. That this is a, is about as deep a depth as Edmonton has had on their defensive for a while. Lagason and Bouchard uh, will probably even be starting next season when we get going in next season in 2021 uh, in the American Hockey League. And Bouchard will be forced to play his way up the way Yamamoto was forced to play his way up this year. Now I say that, let's not forget Yamamoto was coming off of an injury. And there were people out there that believed that Kyler Yamamoto should have been up um, Right literally in late October, early November, he could have, because the orders were lacking speed uh, on the wings, and Yamamoto, to me, looked like a different hockey player when I saw him uh, watching games online. Uh, it, it's a little tough. You're watching online, and but through the first four or five games of the year, he was the best player down for the Bakersfield Condors. He actually had better numbers in the NHL playing than he did uh, with Bakersfield, but that happens sometimes. It is 12.57 in Edmonton. Joe Haggerty hacks with Hags from uh, NBC uh, in Boston after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.